Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, welcome to episode 28, Emotional Regulation for Back to School. I'm interrupting my previously scheduled podcast topic to bring you something that I think is timely and, in my opinion, pretty darn important. We're going to chat today about how to use coaching with your own kids to help them with emotional regulation because we have a lot of transitions coming up with school starting and its new schedules, new teachers, new friends, new patterns, new routines. It can be overwhelming for everyone involved. And I've had so many questions from parents about their kids being nervous about the start of school. And I know the struggle is very real at my own home too with both of my boys, age three and age 10. So I think it's important to prepare your child for school with coaching. For my work with families, I draw from a number of sources, including Dr. Siegel's work on brain integration and whole brain parenting, emotion coaching as defined by Dr. John Gottman of the Gottman Institute, and principles from Becky Bailey's Conscious Discipline. So there are so many books, so many recommendations, all the experts, really all the things, and I have whole shelves of of books on parenting and um, emotional development and just developmental psych as a whole. And to me, it's overwhelming. I'm going to share with you a little secret. I taught parenting classes before I became a parent. I think God is really just laughing at my hubris and gave me what one would consider a challenging child just to show me that sometimes we um, may have all the book studies and um, the intellectual understanding, but when you put that parenting into practice, whew, that's a game changer. So let me um, just quickly uh, describe for you, just so we're all on the same page. To me, emotional regulation is the ability to understand and manage feelings, emotions. But really, how do we do this? Oh, this is hard for me because I can tell you this. It begins with you first. And that to me is overwhelming. I remember reading Parenting from the Inside Out and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get this parenting thing. This is too much, too much pressure. But it's really that I can't expect my children to learn emotional regulation, to not be able to yell or hit or scream if I can't keep it together myself. And I want you to think about how you interact with your kids after they've done something that violated the rules of your home. How did you react? What did you do? And I want you to come at this from a place of compassion. Please do not beat yourself up because I've done too much of that. And we don't need all of us doing that, right? We all lose our temper. We all raise our voices. Sweet Sassy, if you had a microphone in my house sometimes, but really we are doing the work as a family 
together. We are all working on ourselves and learning how to communicate our feelings, our needs, and who we are. So what does it look like when parents coach emotions to support regulation? Well, I think um, parents first notice all emotions, especially those at a lower intensity, so children don't have to escalate to get noticed. Um, We often see that escalation um, happen. You know, it can happen at school when they're not getting noticed. It can happen at home. So think about that and notice the smaller emotions. And, you know, noticing their emotions helps them learn how to um, label and identify, which we'll get to. So um, the second way you can see this um, when parents are coaching emotions is that parents see emotional moments as opportunities for connection and teaching as part of healthy development. So they're not stifling saying, we don't cry, we don't feel sad, suck it up, buttercup. Um, even though we want to say those things, sometimes we are helping them identify where they're at and helping them move through those emotions, process and move through. Um, Parents allow their kids to feel not just the good emotions, but the negative ones. And then um, the fourth way that we see this showing up is that parents allow their kids um, and, and help their kids to label their emotions. I posted, um, yesterday I posted Theo's feeling buddy examples. So we use conscious disciplines, feeling buddies in our house, except ironically or not ironically, we've lost the happy feeling buddy, but um, it is really helping him learn about emotions, learn to identify them. We didn't have feeling buddies with Henry. We weren't that sophisticated. We just had a picture on the wall of kids making different faces of what feelings and we helped him. He would point to them. He would be able to tell us what he's feeling in his body at the time. Um, It's harder to coach that as they get older. Um, And Theo's also been known to throw his feeling buddies, Um, but we really use them as a conversation and help them label them as it's happening. Um, The fifth way that it it shows that parents are using emotional coaching is that parents are communicating understanding and empathy, even when it is accompanied by misbehavior. But we communicate that feelings are acceptable but not all behavior is. So what we say is you can feel angry, but you cannot hit. You can feel that emotion, but you can't react in that emotion. I think that's why I love Dr. Bailey's work, um, Dr. Becky Bailey's work with conscious discipline. She really emphasizes developing discipline within children rather than applying discipline to them or at them. So it, the conscious discipline process applies equally to parents, educators, anyone working um, with teens of people even. It's a research-based discipline approach that can teach parents and children to first set and achieve goals together despite obstacles. Second, manage emotions instead of acting out. So we know that that acting out, that process of melting down is because we 
don't and haven't yet taught, it's a skill that can be um, taught how to regulate and manage those emotions. Now, I want to be clear here that this is a lifelong process that you won't teach them and the next day they'll be, I know no one thinks this, but I just want to be clear that they will be able to um, not feel those feelings. We know, and Henry often reminds us, that one's prefrontal cortex is not developed until the mid-20s, until your mid-20s. So that is um, our our that is our gatekeeper. And so if we don't have that fully online, sometimes we can't um, you know, stop those emotions or process those when we're being flooded and overwhelmed by by the big heavy feelings. And then finally, conscious disciplines teaches us to set personal boundaries to encourage mutual respect. So I think, and and even when we set personal boundaries, it teaches us how to resolve conflict in a way that creates closer, closer relationships. I also think that when we don't have clear boundaries with our kids, that shows up in other ways, in other parts of our lives. Um, and so we really work to acknowledge that. Um, I know the work I do in parent coaching, we are clear about boundary setting in all areas as it helps create healthy families and healthy um, functioning. So I want you to think about um, four steps as it relates to resolving conflicts. So the first step or stage would be understanding brain states. So we discover um, the latest brain research, we use that to teach us how to break out of instinctive habits of disciplining your child the same way you were disciplined as an adult. You'll also be able to help your children progress from physical or verbal aggression to calm self-regulation, freeing them to make better choices and empathize with others and you too. We also want to encourage um, children to learn about their brains. And this is really powerful. I've, um, Henry and I spoke about this before um, using the Dr. Siegel's hand model of the brain. I posted a Facebook um, video about this too. Um, knowing where, what parts of our brain are responsible for others. Um, as Henry will say, my prefrontal cortex, my PFC isn't developed, so you can't really expect me to do that, which <laughs> we're, we, we're um, working to create boundaries around um, and not using excuses, but knowing that within the context of all of this, that everybody's learning. Um, and so it's a it's an interesting process. I think when we're talking about the second step in resolving conflict is, is really then owning and learning how to use your power as an adult is the second step. And among these powers is your ability to see discipline as an opportunity to teach rather than a disruption or just punishment that is not connected or does not support growth and development. And really, it's how we stay in control of our own actions, creating a safe environment for our children. If we think about it, a adult who is out of control is perceived by a child as a threat to his or own 
his or her own safety. As part of the stage, we have to, as parents, learn to self-regulate our own emotions and reactions. Well, that's um, not easy for some of us, myself included, and I've done so much work around this. And then the third step is to discover new ways to connect with members of your family. So building stronger connections will increase children's willingness to solve problems together rather than fight against each other. And I believe this is this is at play from a very young age all the way up into adulthood. We can do this with our teams if we build stronger connections. We can do this with our spouses. So many Parents and even teachers are delighted to find that attention-seeking behaviors in children are automatically reduced when we discover ways to connect, which isn't surprising that most people encourage connection more than attention, which if we look at Maslow's hierarchy, um, we can really talk about this in great detail, but I'm trying to stay to a time limit here, so stay with me. One of my challenges for this month, and it's also your homework this week, is to carve out five to 10 minutes for each child each day for one-on-one time with your child. Label it, schedule it, don't miss it. Start with this now. Create a deeper connection before school starts, before the transitions, before everybody, you know, is in this state of upheaval. And, you know, it's just, it's even if they're going to the same school and the same building, it's just all transitions and giving themselves and understanding that you can connect with them and give them grace, knowing Think about when you go to a new job. There's a lot you have to learn and there's a lot of expectations placed on you. And it's really hard to keep it together from eight to five or eight to three when you're at school. So how do we give them the space and the grace? It's through connection. And I want to be clear here that this one-on-one time is the game changer that I know will solve 80% of all behavior problems. And I, I will stand by this. I've done this with parents. I've done this work. I believe this is the game changer. Now, it, it doesn't solve all the world's problems. It is not. I mean, there are some significant, there's that 20% of behavior but it is enough to get you to the place of connection so that then you can address in a skillful and connected manner those behaviors that you wanna shape and teach. Okay, phew, I need, I get very passionate about that. I love that. Um, I love the concept. I love the concept of connection as a tool for growth. And then finally, the fourth step, fourth stage of conflict resolution would be to use the skills of discipline to respond to offense in new ways. So if you've ever struggled to keep a child focused on an idea or task, you'll be delighted to find out that changing your own responses will help children boost their learning skills. Your new ways of responding will also help children develop kindness and self-respect on 
discipline are those different than themselves, solve problems with compassion, and grow into responsible adults. The way you choose to react to your kids or interact to your kid, with your kids is so important. We know that parents get to enjoy their children, which is so empowering to their families. Once they put the steps in place to create healthy connection. And this point is very difficult for me, very. But I want to encourage you to consider not jumping in to solve your children's problems so quickly or too fast. Let's say that um, they come home and someone was uh, mean to them. What? It's a great question to ask depending on the age, of course, but you, um, what do you think we should do? What would be a good solution to the problem? Let's say that someone forgot to do their reading. This may or may not happen this morning at my house. So we have you, uh, we have a checklist, a clipboard. Um, Henry gets, has to get everything done on that clipboard. And then he is permitted at 5.30 to earn tech time. I know it's very um, controversial in the summer. He's not on tech until the evening. And then it's it's um, only for an hour to an hour and a half. But so we are, um, he forgot to do something on his um, clipboard. So we asked what would be the, a good solution to the problem? What, what could we do to resolve this? Um, and what, what would you think would be some good ideas for this? And it's really interesting because kids hold themselves accountable. Um, even my child with his unique learning differences um, and just intellectual, he, when you're very gifted and yet have ADHD, it's a really, it's a, it's a interesting process to watch. So, but they can come up with solutions and you are building that resilience. You're building that grit inside of them. You're teaching your child that they can solve their own problems, that you trust in their abilities, that they are part of a team and that you value their ideas. Okay. So that to me, you're going to be watching your child go through transitions this, this month or maybe next month, but I want you to start now. I also have a blog post on the benefits of routines that I'd love for you to check out because we know with emotional regulation comes safety and safety is is born out of routines and understanding of what's going to come next. So as I mentioned, for your homework this week, I want you to take five to 10 minutes each day to spend with your child. Label it um, and so that they know, they come to expect it. They think about what they're going to do with you during that time. With, um, I call with Theo, it's mom and me time. With Henry, it's chill time. Theo's now been calling it Hakuna Matata time, except he says Hakuna Patata. Um, it doesn't matter, but label it and your kids will know. They will expect it. They will look forward to it. They will plan what you're going to do. Really, I want you to do this for two weeks, and then I want to hear back from you. I want it to, to, to be a commitment. If you're going to be gone in the evenings, we flip it and we wake up 
a bit earlier and we make sure we get it in during the morning. So I empower you to create the connection necessary for emotional regulation. You help your kids. You have the distinct opportunity to teach your your children how to live, how to live with integrity, how to feel emotions, how to be who they are and who they are meant to be. And it's so exciting to watch the process, but I know that we are all able to coach those emotions. We are all able to teach our children that they can regulate. They have the power. So I can't wait to hear. Um, I'm so grateful for you to take this time um, to spend with me. Uh, It is so it's just so wonderful um, to be able to talk to you about these issues that really matter to our lives, not just our children's lives. And it impacts all of us. We all have the opportunity to choose safety and security and health. So I hope you have a very courageous week. Take care and I'll see you next week. Thanks so much.